some people's wrap are tighter, so I can just clean it up and not add too much, which is also appreciated. But I don't mind doing all the decision making and cleaning up really rough stuff because I also learn more from it. Getting to see everyone's stuff basically like teach me everything. Like everyone have different style. I'm like, wow, how did I do this shot? Why did I pick this angle? This worked really well. I should like put it in my brain library. Hello, welcome everyone to Straight Ahead, an animation podcast where we spotlight rising Black, Indigenous, and people of color who are the future voices of the animation industry. I am Ray Mendoza Landa, one half of your co-host. And I'm Yuki Okumura Wong, the other half of our whole host. Our guest this week is Rai Huang. She is a Taiwanese artist working as a storyboard revisionist at Warner Brothers Animation in Glendale, California. Would you mind telling us a bit more about yourself? Hello, I'm Ray. And I am from Taiwan. I'm a revisionist at Warner Brothers right now. I also work with Yuki on Jelly Bean and Poco back yeah. in Primal Screen. And I was Ooh. a Busby storyboard artist and animator. And that's kind of it. Awesome. Uh, super cool. Yeah. Can't wait to get more into that. So the way we like to start off on Straight Ahead is by playing a little game called In Between. We're going to give you two similar choices and have you choose in between the two of them and then let us know why. Ah. <laughs> it's fun, I promise. I don't have to draw for in between. That's very weird. <laughs> a relief. Yeah, different, different kind of in between this, this setup. <laughs> okay, I'll start us off with the first question. Would you rather live in a full house with 10 other siblings who are the opposite gender like you, like Lincoln in The Loud House? Or in an empty house where your only ones keeping you company are Cosmo, Wanda, your fairy godparents like Timmy Turner and the fairly odd parents. Uh, I love Cosmo and Wanda, but being in an empty house like without parents and anything. Yeah, Timmy's parents are constantly gone. And when they are, you have Vicky to deal with. Mm. Uh, Oh, no. I guess I have magic. You can kind of ask for anything, like being bullied a little every day. I guess it's like the price to pay. <laughs> yeah, but, d- with- but does magic really fill the emptiness in your heart? <laughs> Ouch. I, I'm, I'm actually a single, like, I'm actually the only kid. So I guess I'm, I'll be okay with it. Uh, so you're, you're used to it. But you wouldn't want the opportunity to have siblings if you had to? It's like way too many, like, the show yeah, you would have brothers. It's a lot. to watch, but I don't want to be in the scenario. <laughs> I agree. It'd be like the, the Casa Grandes, where it's like, ah, I see those louds over there. I'm going to chill over here with my cool family. <laughs> Smaller family. I think I could do the big family. I feel like when you're, I think when you're Hispanic, you're like used to big families. So I, it wouldn't <laughs> probably be too much of a difference. Like my dad grew up with like seven other siblings. He was like the oldest oh, of eight. So it's like, wow. So it's pretty common in Mexico to be like one of many siblings. So oh. yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll be used to it. I'll just have to learn how to share more, I guess. <laughs> maybe I'm too selfish. <laughs> ten, yeah. ten siblings. I don't want to share that much. <laughs> but then again, yeah, you're right. Magic is magic. So yeah, screw that. Right? Screw that. I'll, 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 I'll deal with the loneliness. Like to wish for, <laughs> wish for stuff. Wish for the latest PS5 that I can't still get my hands on. <laughs> Feel the MP boy in your heart. <laughs> With things. <laughs> yes. Who cares about human connection? I just need material. <laughs> exactly. 
But like, but the godparents are humans too. Like, they're kind of like people you can interact with. It's not like they only give you stuff. Yeah. True, but they're a married couple, so you constantly be like the third wheel. Uh, ouch. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, think, think about it. Think about it. But aren't your parents, like, aren't some people's parents also married? I know mine aren't, but I mean, that's kind of the thing. I know, but like, you don't constantly hang out with your parents. Like, you'd be constantly hanging out with the married couple, Cosmo and Wanda. Because <laughs> I think yeah. they're obligated to be around you. <laughs> not like your parents are not obligated. Oh, no. no, I feel bad for them. <laughs> it's like their job. <laughs> well, I hope I get to go to school then. <laughs> and that's the <laughs> For that human interaction. Yes. Yeah, not in pandemic time. Oh, no. Okay, last question. <laughs> Which sassy best friend would you rather visit a new place with? Sylvia from Wander Over Yonder or Jake from Adventure Time? Oh, oh I love them both. <laughs> no. That's so cute. Why do I have to pick? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the in-between part. Yeah, to pick in between the two. Jake will be so useful, but like personality-wise, I think Sylvia is like best girl. Oh, <laughs> in this scenario, you would be a uh, wander or Finn. Yeah, probably. Or I guess I may also be her like ex partner, which is she was like super. That's true. She was like super aggressive in the past. If anyone's seen that show mm. before, yeah. And then I guess I'll kind of become her ex partner. <laughs> They're like they almost have like a romantic thing going on, and like wonder was like, oh, what's going on between you two? You guys kind of feel like ex boyfriend and girlfriends. <laughs> so in that, so in that scenario, would you go with Jake then? Uh, no, I'll just probably still pick Sylvia because she's just like really interesting in my opinion. Oh, <laughs> Jake is like a big brother or dad, which is still really mm. cute. Yeah. They're both really good. I didn't watch a lot of Adventure Time, but from what I remember, I just remember Jake always being a human meat shield for Finn. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> he has all those transform powers. So maybe maybe I choose Jake, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you view your friendship? You're like, Drake, Jake will be useful. Well, if, if I we're can always going on adventure, I feel like having a human meat shield is beneficial in any oh, any boy. land party. <laughs> Alright, mental note, I'm never going on an adventure with you, Raybundo. <laughs> that's, that's fair. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> Don't cry. <laughs> okay, well that was in between. Thanks so much for playing with this, Ray. Hopefully you had some fun there. Yes, that was fun. It, it wasn't that hard. <laughs> So if you enjoyed today's in-between questions, let us know your responses, or if you have any suggestions for future in-between questions, contact us on social media. So yeah, let's get this started. Ray, could you talk to us how you got your first start working in animation? I got a list of a bunch of like small studios from my professor back in Academy of Art. And mm. I was like, I was majoring in 2D animation. So I was thinking like, oh, I'll, I'll probably find like 2D internship from all those like commercial houses. And then I just emailed like all of them on the list. And like almost none of them 
right back to me. And some were like, "Are you do you do freelance?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm, like I'm still in school. Like, but but if you have internship, I'm happy to do it." They're like, "Eh, nah." But then、oh. like moving <sighs> moving color wrote me back, and then they're like, "Hey, you actually cut us." At like the perfect time, we're making decisions like at the end of this week. Can we like do a quick interview? And then that's like my first time doing an in-person like on-phone interview. I was like, oh my gosh, are they gonna ask me like what am I gonna do in five years, or like what are like <laughs> my flaws? And then uh yeah, the the the, the cliche interview question is like,、right? what do you think is your biggest、uh, really、weakness?、That. In most animation interviews, it's actually really chill. So, like the owner of Moving Color was like, "Oh, uh, so I saw you do like storyboard stuff. Are you also interested in that? And then, like, what program are you familiar with? Can you do Toon Boom?、Mm-hmm. And then he told me about their project. They're working. They're gonna work on like a documentary short for a designer called Pierre Cardin, and.、Mm-hmm. I probably pronounced it wrong. It's like a French name, but yeah. That was, <laughs> so he's like, "We're gonna do like cleanup and fix some animation. Are you cool with that?"、And、I'm like, "Yeah, tell me in. I don't really have other options, but you don't know that." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I gotta meet a lot of people there because they're based in LA. So I'm like, "Oh, I can meet all my friends online." And I also、mm. like met my boyfriend there, which I didn't like know that's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is pretty, pretty nice. Yeah, I did have kind of a follow up question though, because like、uh, one of the studios asked if like you were interested in freelance, are you available for freelance? And something we can get into more later is that、yeah. you are an international student, or you were and you are international.、Uh, are you not allowed to freelance while being a student, or it, even in freelance? Because I know like depending where you work, you have to get a certain visa. Or a sponsorship, or something of that nature. Is that why you denied the freelancer? Yeah, that is part of the reason. Because like when you're in、mm-hmm. school, you're only allowed to work part time if you get any like offer.、Mm. So it's, there's like a visa called CPT when you're like also doing school work, and then wait, they also work for internship too. Yeah, you use CPT for intern or freelance, and then you have to show them the offer letter, and the school will permit you to do. Like when you're in school, you you can do part time stuff, and then when you're in summer or winter holiday, you can、mm. do like full time ish stuff. There's like hour limits and a lot of rules applying to that. But yeah, that's kind、wow. of the general rules for sure. So you could have freelance if you wanted to. I know you said it's a little complicated, but、mm-hmm. at that time you were just looking more for like an internship. Yeah, I was like, I want to be in LA. I want to network with people, and I don't really know if I can balance work with my schoolwork. Like、mm-hmm. later,、mm-hmm. I realize I can do that one if it's like a lighter semester. But yeah, it really depends. Okay, because yeah. yeah, I was I was gonna say because yeah, using internships are more of like a learning experience, and that probably was something you, you maybe were looking more at the time. Because、mm-hmm. with freelance, it's just like here's the work, do it, get it done、yeah. by this time. But interning, you get to like there's more of a grace period, there's a learning curve. Again, it's meant to be a learning experience, so you're meant to grow and like kind of flourish through it. So, was moving color? Did you have to like relocate and like were you able to actually intern in house, or was it like a work f- from home kind of thing? Oh yeah, that was that was in house intern. So I live in a relative's house. They're in 
like basically around LA, but it's not super close to the studio. So I have to like take an hour bus every day to the studio. But I mean, I I can complain. They're in Pasadena, so they have a lot of like.、Mm. Oh, they're in Alhambra, close to Pasadena, so they're they have a lot of like good restaurants around there. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in Alhambra. Yeah,、mm-hmm. and then I guess I can like talk about the internship stuff. The job itself is like pretty chill because it's for interns. We just clean up and fix a lot of animation. We don't really do、mm. it from scratch. And then, like, I remember someone from Calar. He's like, "Oh, this is actually a lot easier than like doing school work, because <laughs> I imagine their <laughs> workload is like really crazy."、Mm. Uh, yeah, and then we hang out a lot during lunch, and the like. Usually, the owner will be like, "Oh, I'm going. I'm going to coffee. Do you guys want to join?" And then a bunch of people will be like, "Come in!" And then like, you just see a bunch of like. Of a crowd of people following a dad, a little like they're like <laughs> little ducklings, and we're like, let's not do work for the whole afternoon. No, not not the whole afternoon. <laughs> but, but we'll just like chill a bit at a coffee shop. Or sometimes he'll take us to ice creams. Oh, yeah,、That's、it's、so、really、cool. fun. Yeah, that reminds me a lot of when we were talking to like Rebecca Chan about. Her experience at Tonko House. I wonder if that's just because like they're small studios, so like they're just like、oh, more tight knit, kind of like oh, hang out, go down the street,、mm-hmm. eat some ice cream. Oh, yeah. If you have a smaller crew, everyone's like really close most of the time. Hmm.、Mm-hmm. No, it's very true. It's very easy. It's more easy to coordinate with a handful of people versus like an entire production staff. That's、oh, true.、Yeah. So one of the things I kind of also want to ask is that. What was like one of the biggest learning experiences working at Primal Screen on a PBS show like Jellybean Pogo that you actually got to work with Yuki? Yay! But yeah, like I learned that past experience don't always apply a hundred percent when you jump onto another show. Like before that, I was in Buzzfeed. And it was like、mm. very fast paced, so we rely on a lot of post to post animation. We don't really in between stuff that much. And then, but for like primal screen, like for my first few animation, the director was like, "Oh, you should slow the timing down a bit and look at the arc, and then be careful of the model. Don't get off model." I was like, "Wait, isn't this a puppet?" Isn't this a puppet animation show? Why why、mm. can I be off model? And then when I look at the drawover, I was like, oh, I'm super off model. This I guess this、mm. can happen even if the drawings are already kind of established in Toonboom. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The the pre drawn assets.、Mm-hmm. That's actually really interesting. I didn't I didn't know to my knowledge of like yeah, it's a puppet. How can it be off model? Kind of、right? like a rig. It's there. How's it off model? But I guess the acting is maybe what's like maybe off model, or just you can only push it so much before it becomes deformed. Yeah, I mean, usually, so like, I guess if that's a, a misconception in puppet animation, even though you have a rig that's like completely on model, like out of the box, you don't want to just like stick in the out of the box, like kind of a pose where they're default, like looking one way. Of course, you're going to like move the head and the features. So that、mm-hmm. it fits whatever's happening on screen, and usually the rigs are made in a way where you can like move the eyes sort of like individually, so that they can look around. And I think that's an area where, like on our show, it became really off model of like yeah for sure because yeah our director wanted the eyes like really close together and people would like you know get them really far apart. Uh, 
or like nitpicky stuff like that. Or if they had to do like head tilts, we had to redraw like the face shape. Mm -hmm. um, and then that could get mm -hmm. off model. So like the rig really just gets you half the way there. And you'll yeah. always have to like draw a little bit more or like, you know, do custom hands and stuff like that. So it is a little faster than just doing it from scratch, but it is like kind of easy to get off model in my yeah. opinion. Like, yeah, I I really appreciate like how patient the animation director was because like yeah. I got so many notes for my first try, and she's like, "I do the fix this and that, and your timing, your model, your arc, <laughs> everything." Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, I I guess I'm not perfect for this job," but then I guess at least I felt like I learned pretty fast. And they didn't like. I didn't. They didn't fire me. They kept me until the show wrapped up. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good sign. I was really surprised, actually, because well, since we're all we were all remote on that team, we didn't know like everybody else's situation. Mm. And for you, I thought you were like a really new animator, mm. um, because like when Jalisa would would show your shots, it would be like one shot, and it'd be uh, like really short or something. Yeah. It'd be like oh, like maybe she's just learning how to do the like puppet animation it was like okay cool and then i was like looked at your like reel in your portfolio i'm like what the hell she kicks ass like <laughs> your, your animation's so good oh thank um, you <laughs> which i guess kind of goes to show like yeah the puppet animation even if you're good at like hand-drawn it's kind of it's got its, it's own different like beast. learning curve yeah yeah totally mm -hmm. i learned a lot from the show it was really silly. Like everyone was talking about, like a bucket list and mm. like a meeting. We're just chatting, and then I was like, "Oh, I I want to be on the podcast, so like as a guest, so I don't have to produce the whole thing, and I can still talk a lot." <laughs> and so the, so Julissa, the director, was like, "Hey Yuki, don't you have a podcast about animation?" <laughs> So yes, it was. Like, it was faded. You're pressing her to like invite me on the show. No, actually, like when you were talking about that, I was like in my mind, I was like, I'll just tell Ray like after the meeting. I I didn't want to like make a big deal about it. And then Jalisa <laughs> called me. I was like, Hey, Yuki has a podcast. <laughs> Ray on, and I was like, Okay, I will. <laughs> I was really excited, though, because Raymundo and I have talked about this before, where uh, it's a little bit difficult to convince people to come on our show. <laughs> oh, really? Mm. Yeah. Either sometimes people are really, like, really nervous or just really busy. Yeah. Oh, that's true. There mm. are a lot of questions to fill out. And I, I just got a, my new offer around that time. So I was like, oh, OK, I'll do it later when I'm less busy. And I, I almost forgot about it. I was like, wait, should, I should like, like write back to <laughs> Ray and UK. <laughs> no, no worries. I'm, I'm glad it worked out. And also, I'm glad that we we're able to help you fulfill one of your bucket list items. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so to kind of talk about one of your other experiences, you kind of brought it up already, is that you worked at BuzzFeed. Yes. And to my recollection, I didn't even know BuzzFeed had like an animation department. Right? Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like a motion graphics department, but like not like an animation department. But you were working as at BuzzFeed. I think we were talking about this off the podcast. I don't mm -hmm. remember, but you were actually in-house working at BuzzFeed as a storyboard artist and a 2D animator. Yes. How did that opportunity come about? Okay, so... When I was interning at Moving Color, I was like, oh, this is like my first time in LA. I should like meet people. And like Kira, one of the animator at BuzzFeed, 
I've been following her for like a long time. She's kind of like my art idol back in the Tumblr days. Oh. And then, yeah, so I was like, wait, aren't Busby also around the area? Like, maybe I should like ask her out, but like try not to be too creepy. I don't want to scare her off. <laughs> and then I was like, hey, there's a woman in animation makes her do. Are you interested? Mm. And she's like, oh, we want we wanted to like go there, but we're all like kind of busy. But if you want to hang out with person, we can like do that. I'm like, I was like, oh, my art idol. Like, I'm gonna eat shabu shabu with my art idol. <laughs> so that's how we met. And then after that, when I'm almost graduating, I saw a post from Busby. They're looking for animators, which is. More like a generalist job, you kind of have to do everything. But anyways, I I told Kira like, hey, I saw you guys are looking for people, and she recommended me, and that's like how I got to Buzzfeed. Yeah, that's a really great story. But it's also so interesting because <laughs> no Buzzfeed even had animation, but it's crazy because that's also like a different beast on its own. Like mm-hmm. again, Buzzfeed isn't like one of the traditional studios you would think about when working in animation. You know? Yeah. What was the stuff that you were doing? Like, what was it being produced for? Like, what were you kind of doing on a day-to-day? Oh, yeah. So we do a lot of shorts for mostly Instagram and TikTok. And mm. it's, like, very fast-paced. So we we kind of have to post, like, weekly. Some teams even have to post three times a week if it's, like, super short. And, oh. yeah. Wow. And then c- compared to, like, more traditional stuff, the work is more like everyone kind of have more responsibility you kind of have to start from scratch like you look at the script we have a writer so you look at the writer or the director's script and then we board it out and show the director if we get notes we apply it and then we start animating and cleaning it up like even backgrounds at editing Uh, some animators also do like voice acting for the characters so yeah Mm -hmm. like some people really like it and some people are like oh i wish we have more people on the team so Mm -hmm. we can like separate the work a little bit but for me i learned a lot which is pretty fun and because i like doing storyboards so also got me to like practice a little more on my boarding skill that makes sense to me because when you think of buzzfeed you obviously think the youtube channel i think they're also like their own website uh Mm -hmm. but it isn't a traditional studio that you think in the animation space. I yeah. can see why, like, a lot of the roles... Because they're not a small studio, but they're also not, like, a dedicated animation studio where, again, probably people wear a lot of hats in certain apartments. So that mm. makes sense. Mm. So for you, how would you actually compare that, working professionally on something that is intended for social media, like Instagram, when you were at BuzzFeed, versus something that was kind of intended for TV, like, when you were at Primal? Like, how would you compare those experiences? Oh, like for BuzzFeed, I guess because we're in charge of more stuff, we also have a lot more freedom mm. to like mm. to experiment. Like we get a lot of immediate feedback from audience. Like right after you post it, you can just look at the comment section. Like, oh, do they like this episode? Like how many people viewed it? And what do they think? So for like one IP I worked on called The Land of Box, like I do a lot of background for it. And like sometimes I'll make it like super colorful. It almost look like candies. And the director was like really happy about it. And we don't see a lot of complaints. But then the opposite also applies. Like we're also experimenting another IP called The Good Advice Cupcake. And the director was like, hey, can you try out like different style for the character and we'll see like how they react. 
and they don't respond well, especially on TikTok. They're like, "Why does the character look so different? Like <gasps> this, this feels really weird." So we're like, <laughs> ah. "I'm sorry. Like here's the old comfort content you like." <laughs> and then we just change it. No back. fandom is ever susceptible to change. <laughs> any fandom hates any kind of change for True. whatever reason. <laughs> So that that sucks, especially because, OK, as you kind of talking, that's actually really interesting to me because like it's an aspect I kind of didn't consider is that when you produce something for like TV or streaming, it's like you get feedback once it finally like you know releases. But like usually it's harder to take it personally when it's like because you worked on a big crew, you know, like there's a there's a studio name behind it. You're like there's a bunch of names in the credits and stuff. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like producing something, social media, like you said, like you guys had a lot more responsibility, you guys had a lot more input. And the feedback is like is immediate because again, yeah. social media contact. So if there's negative backlash, you probably probably hits you a little more compared to something that may receive like negative backlash if it was like streaming on TV. Because yeah. like Netflix doesn't have a comment section. You just if you want to go on Twitter and like read how if a show's doing bad, then that's where you find it. But like, yes. you don't see a comment section on Netflix or HBO Max or whatever. We also have people who's in charge of. I think they analyze the data and like mm. tell us what advices on like oh how often we should do or like what content does the audience like better like we Mm. so we can like kind of rely on those people more we don't have to like check the comment section all the time by ourselves so and i don't really take it personally because it like i know we were experimenting so i was like oh you guys don't like the style but that's okay like like now i know what the audience (laughs) are more into I just think it's funny that it was like, oh, we'll try out something new. And it's just like, <laughs> they didn't like it. <laughs> like the background or, or whatever. Yeah, I'm I, surprised. I was trying like a really like simple GB art style. So like if, mm. if people get used to it, it'll save so much time. But I guess they're like, yeah, just give us a whole character. Or like, ah, dang it, now I have to draw more. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So you've also had like a mixture of like animation work and like storyboard work mm-hmm. and currently right now you're working as a storyboard revisionist at Warner Brothers is story kind of where you see yourself being long term or do you kind of want to keep going back and forth between animation and storyboarding realistically saying i probably stick with storyboard because there's like mm. a lot more opportunities especially full-time here in LA just mm-hmm. like st- mm-hmm. stability wise and then I'm also like getting more and more confidence with my storyboarding skill like if I look at my 2D stuff it's like I don't hate them but if I compare it to like a lot of pro animators out there I'll be like oh I still have a lot to work on <laughs> yeah that's like two big really big reasons I I'd probably mm-hmm. stick to storyboarding more like if people offer me like 2D job I'll like, if I'm interested, I'll still take it because it's still fun. But yeah, just stability wise. You seem really passionate about story. At least when I like looked at your, your story stuff on your portfolio. <gasps> oh, I really love you. that. Yeah. What was it like the, the better, the, the two competing? The yeah, the better oh. half. That's right. I was like, oh, this is so cute. Oh. Uh, that was actually based on myself. Because like... Oh. Yeah, uh, like a quick summary of the story. It's about a couple competing in like a ninja warrior type of show. And Mm -hmm. like (laughs) a a dog girl trying to like prove herself to 
her partner and saying like, "Hey, I'm capable of something. You're like you're really good at everything, but I'm least I'm better at something compared to you." And but mm-hmm. then the lesson in the end was like, "Oh, like relationship is something like you grow together. You guys are like a team. It's not always about like who's better than who." And mm-hmm. I like I learned that from being with my boyfriend because he's like super experienced. He's been in the industry for like almost ten years. I hope I'm in, not exposing his age, but <laughs> <laughs> I really liked that though. The like mix of I guess something that feels relatable, like something kind of mundane but it's like taken to the extreme uh (laughs) thank you and there's it's like actiony but like the lesson is just about you know relationship and love i don't know i just thought it was really cute yeah i love i love a lot of shows like that so i like took Mm -hmm. inspiration that's really cool and then like we mentioned before you're currently like at Warner Bros. right now like i know you recently just started uh are you are you allowed yes. to say what you're working on currently oh yeah i'm working on a holiday movie called did i do that to the holidays and it's based on a family matter character called steve urkel and it's also gonna be a musical so really excited to work oh, on wow it. yeah oh, oh, that's crazy that's cool you got to work on a musical i love doing musical oh that's so cool how are you liking it so far aside from I guess BuzzFeed, is this like your first like traditional animation studio storyboarding gig? Yeah, this is definitely my first like boarding gig, uh, like full time and traditional stuff wise. Mm. For revision is a lot of studios are different because I, I know I heard some people like they hop on a show and they sometimes they got a lot of workload at the same time. And sometimes they have to like wait for a while to get notes or like to get work to do. But for this show, like they kind of figure out all the thumbs and roughs already and i just like the workflow is like pretty steady relatively so i'm like hey i'm done with i'm done cleaning up this shot this sequence can i get more stuff they're like sure like let's hop on a meeting like so far i don't get any like overtime work which is nice because i get Mm. to like take breaks and stuff also but i don't have to like wake around all day too much yeah (laughs) just like chill uh, that's really cool i guess to clarify like depending on the production revisionists do different things either they do revisions for like the entirety of the project or they're assigned to like a specific board team so for you are you more overall general like whatever episode or whatever needs help you jump on it or are you kind of dedicated to a specific team oh yeah so it, it's a movie so we separate it into like i think four different sections and mm. then they kind of start cleaning it from the more beginning but we do jump around cleaning up boards yeah we don't change shots a lot it's mostly like drawing the character and put them a model and then like we get to do a lot of like acting decisions since like some roughs are like basically thumbnails they they don't have like a lot of poses going on so i can be like yeah i can add a lot of like acting here and do this pose and do that which is yeah it's it's fun that's so exciting that you get to like you're not just cleaning up a rough drawing but that you're really like deciding what they're going to be doing are like tighter so i can Mm. just clean it up and not add too much which is also Mm -hmm. appreciated because it's easy on my side but 
<laughs> yeah, I don't mind doing all the decision making and cleaning up really rough stuff because I also learn more from it too.、Mm. Yeah, like、mm-hmm. getting to see everyone's stuff basically like teach me everything. Like everyone have different style. I'm like, wow, how did I do this shot? Why did I pick this angle? This worked really well. I should like put it in my brain library.、Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. When you're in, you're in your position of revisionist, that's like, and you want to transition into boards, that's like the thing to do.、Right? Taking a lot of mental notes, seeing how like these professionals, these more experienced individuals approach certain scenes, it's、yeah. always like a goldmine. Yeah. Was it like that for you, Ray? No, yeah, yeah. It was very much like that. Because, yeah, we had a range of like amazing artists、uh, when I was a revisionist and still do. Like, we had a range of amazing board artists, either super experienced people or like people that are still in their first few years.、Mm-hmm. And just seeing kind of like the difference, but like it was still cool, like learning from each one. Because, like,、mm-hmm. each board artist has, has their own little like thing that makes them like strong, like either their acting, their staging, just like how they handle multiple characters and stuff like that, or like、mm-hmm. how they handle pacing. But, like, I want to say, like, Brendan Kohler, like, he's anytime I got like a sequence for him, I was like, okay, I got to study this guy's stuff. Cause, like, even my revision director is like, was telling the revisionist, like, hey, look at just how he boards, like, how he, like, economical he is, but he's still, like, moving the story, still dynamic, it's still, like, interesting, but、mm. he's also, like, very economical on, like, how he's, like, boarding his stuff.、Mm. And so, yeah, I just, like, looking at it, I was like, oh, damn, this is how this guy boards. It's so freaking crazy.、Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's super cool. Nice. To kind of shift it back to you, for those that don't know, you're like super versatile、mm-hmm. from doing story and animation, which has already been established. Thank you. But your portfolio also includes, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> But your portfolio also includes character and background design. What made you lean towards story over the other disciplines? Oh, I like, I like the decision making part of it. And then、mm. I also like the illusion that I'm. Finishing more stuff in a shorter amount of time, even though it's not completely <laughs> true all the time. Yeah. And then, like, if you're on the team, you like, you get to like rough out a bunch of like really silly ideas. And people like,、mm. like animators and designers, they like polish it up and make it look really pretty. It's like,、mm. it's always like really amazing seeing like the comparison. And then you can say, like, oh, I work on that really pretty looking show, even though my drawing. Doesn't look like that. <laughs> Is that what you mean by the illusion of you're doing a lot? <laughs> like when you're like, hey, I, wor- I storyboarded this scene and you showed、yes. like the finished animation. <laughs> I, I can steal credit from like the designers. Like I can, I still need to say, like, hey, these, these people animate these and like these people design it, but like the idea、mm. is still there. And then, especially compared to animation, it's like I like doing it as like school homework or like if you pay me to do it, it's fun.、Mm-hmm. But when I'm not doing any school stuff, I'm, I got really like impatient with drawing animation. Like, why is it? <laughs> it's only like three seconds. Why isn't this finished yet? I have to draw so many frames and make it like really clean <laughs> and really like your, the proportion and all the details, follow through. Like, I feel like I'm. Not the most patient artist to deal with that all the time.、Mm. I guess, which is they also make like puppet animation like easier compared to frame by frame because that one's also faster. I could definitely see, see where you're coming from. I'm, I think I'm kind of similar. Like, I loved animating, but I think at certain points I was like, I already did the rust for this, and then I have to re clean this, and then after this, I have to color. It、yeah. just feels like 
you're redoing the process over and over again mm. on the same shot, so it kind of get kind of tiring. Mm. But with boards, you got to be quick and loose. And like, yeah, you do tie things down, but like, you do go through drawings a lot quicker. So mm-hmm. like, our single shot can have like maybe five to six drawings. I was like, okay, cool. Did five to six drawings versus like working on a single design or working on a single mm. background and like painting and like layering it and stuff. Like, yeah. I, it can give you the sense of like, oh, I had this one finished painting, or I had like these. 10 quick doodles that I did to show this this sequence and whatever. So mm-hmm. I, I I can see that, yeah. And like I think that's the thing I like about it too cuz like again, you don't have to get too clean and like I know mm-hmm. some boards you see they're f- like masterpieces mm-hmm. and like illust- moving illustrations basically, but oftentimes you don't need to go to that extreme. It's just yeah. it, you can be fairly loose and clean and like be really economical about how you board. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I feel so much better. Oh. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I think, like, uh, with storyboarding, it's more about communicating the idea rather than, like, a pretty drawing. And where, yeah. like, you're saying, yeah, you can have, like, really beautiful, like, clean, almost illustrated boards, but, like... That's not really the point most of the yeah. time. Yeah. Besides, unless you're working on, like, a Nickelodeon where they, like, constantly post boards and stuff and you mm. see it, majority of the time, no one gets to see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they do see it. It's like in an art book and it's just the stills on like this super, super small squares and stuff. I heard sometimes like even clean up those boards to like make the mm. art book look better. So like, yeah, you, you no, can for like sure. take it a hundred percent by the end result. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oftentimes you, unless the artist posts themselves, you don't really see the boards. So yeah. trying to make it look super like illustrative. It only really serves you. And if that's what you want, that's totally cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you were saying, they clean up a lot of stuff that is in art books. So when I buy art books, I always look for stuff that like, it looks really messy. Yes. Because I'm like, that's the stuff that I want to see. Because you're right, like for a while, at least, I would pick up like a Pixar or a Disney art book. And it would always be just like, here's our concept art, quote unquote. And it's just like a finished illustration i'm like that's not concept art like what do you do (laughs) this is unrealistic (laughs) expectations for what people should be doing (laughs) Mm -hmm. they're just trying to look good (laughs) no yeah very 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 true yeah i feel like as an artist like the longer you learn about what how like animation was made the more you appreciate Mm -hmm. all the rough things Mm because that's like the bones of what everything came from Honestly, that is like very, very true. I think the further I got into schooling and stuff in animation, exact exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like I thought I liked something super clean, super polished. Mm-hmm. And then the more I learned, I was like, seeing the beauty in a rough is just so like, ah, oh, like, damn, like how do you do like like that looks so good? And it's just right? again, very economic. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes I'm just more impressed in someone's roughs than their final cleans. It's just it's a feeling that you don't really understand unless you're in in that space. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, so something else I kind of wanted to ask is that you got your education at the Academy of Art University. How did that kind of prepare you for your career in animation? Okay, so as an international student, like mm. going to like a physical school is kind of important if you want to work in the U.S. Because mm. after graduating like college, you'll get like at least a year visa so you can like work in the field you're study for and yeah for me like if I didn't graduate there I don't think I'll still be in LA right now and oh. also a lot of like professors they have more like recent industry experience help me a lot I can like 
ask them a lot of questions like, oh, how do you do like put your portfolio together and what should I aim for? This resume question or like, what do you do interview? It's not perfect. I don't want to like just advertise for my school. It's it's a nice school, <laughs> but like there are a lot of pros and cons. Like for a physical school, you don't get to pick who teaching you in a lot of times like there are some required courses and there's only like one or two instructors for it and some of them aren't in the industry anymore so like they do have the experience and you you still learn from them but you kind of have to pick and choose from what they told you because the industry is like rapidly changing so much yeah what what is it that they say like the industry changes every three months or something oh Yeah, that's definitely yeah. true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After graduation, I started like taking more online classes, which is mm-hmm. like I realized how nice it is. Like one, it's like a lot cheaper, and two, it's just so many like people with industry experience you can pick and choose from. They're like, like this teacher boarded mm-hmm. so many like action like shows or movies, and like that's the person you want to look for when you want to learn more about action. And this person did like musical stuff, like, and then sign up for their workshop. So mm. yeah, there's like so much more options there. So if you don't have to worry about like visa, then that's a really good option to go. Uh, something I have noticed, and then maybe you can shed some light on this for me, is that I've actually noticed that when it comes to the Academy of Art University and SF, mm-hmm. a lot of the students tend to be international. I notice yes. a lot of international students that go to Academy of Art. Is there a reason for that? Oh, yeah. Like why so many internationals gravitate to Academy over others other schools? They, mm-hmm. they have so many advertisements going on like online and in San Fran like you see their logos all the time even yeah like in movies you can probably find them in like the far far background if they didn't like clean it up enough and then mm-hmm. and, and they and plus they don't look at portfolio so like it's it's pretty friendly for like anyone who want to learn about art or not just animation like any of their major they don't look at your portfolio and mm. like to be honest, I wasn't the most hardworking student back then. I was like, ah, oh. <laughs> like, because I already went through two years of art school in Taiwan. So I'm like, I don't oh. want to go through all this application and portfolio stuff again. I, mm-hmm. I just want to study abroad and like learn from people in animation. And then I saw Academy of Art and they have a lot of alumni that's also in the industry. I'm like, okay, this this school seems nice, and yeah, that's how I got it. And, and that's probably how some people who's who don't have a lot in their portfolio yet got into. Mm-hmm. No, that that makes sense, especially because, um, to my knowledge, Academy of Art is a for profit. So mm-hmm. again, like you said, they probably do have a great education system, like and stuff, and there's there's great professors. But the school as a whole is most likely just looking at the. At like the if you money could pay. they can be getting from you. Yeah, yeah. If you can pay, if you, can, you can get in. Yeah. The, the rent there is crazy. Like, definitely oh, yeah. look oh, do yeah. your mm-hmm. research if you want to go up San Fran. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. cool to live there. It's really fun. But uh, the, the cost is just not great. Was coming to the U.S. like a big goal for you? Yeah, actually, yeah. Like, because... Mm. In Taiwan, we do have animation studios, but a lot of them were either doing stuff for games or like a lot of them are doing outsourced stuff. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, we're not doing a lot of original content here. Like 
Why、yeah. not just go to the source that's making it? Hmm. <laughs> 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 no, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, for yourself, do you have like any future aspirations in this industry? Future aspirations.、Uh, Where do you see yourself in five years? No. <laughs> yeah, that, that's his question. <laughs> I forgot to write it down. Anyways, I yeah, hopefully I'll still be working for shows as a storyboard artist. I really like TV series because like for long format series, it's like. You get to learn about the character like gradually. Also, like they're a little more fast paced, and you don't like work、mm. on the same idea over and over. You like you put on a joke, and then you go through a few revision, and you kind of just publish it and move on.、Mm. Mm-hmm. I also really like comedies and musicals. Hopefully, there will always be projects like that, and I can like jump on it. I totally think there will. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think there's almost like a renaissance happening as well with animated musicals, especially with like Arlo the Alligator.、Oh. What's being worked on right now with that you're working on the yeah Steve Urkel yeah the Steve Urkel thing. Yeah, do that to the holidays.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 kind of interesting. Like taking note that there might it looks like there's a renaissance of musicals that's kind of coming back, and so that could be something that's happening in the near future,、mm-hmm. which will be interesting to see. Because again, animation constantly changing every three months. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the variety that's going on, cause like back a while ago, people are talking like, oh, why aren't there more like teen shows, like especially animated content on、mm. TV? Cause it's either like super young kids show or it's for adult, and、yeah. the styles are all kind of like easily you can easily tell like what stuff is like for、mm-hmm. adults and what. Is for kids, but like now you like the lines start blurring a little more, and you see、mm-hmm. like more diversity in like teen or like kids shows. And hopefully,、yeah. we get to see a lot more like pretty looking adult shows. Like they they are some already, and I hope they'll grow more.、Mm. Yeah, like I think the the Harley Quinn show is a good、oh, <laughs> example、so、of that.、Nice. Where it's like really. That's for adults. It's like gory and bloody, and like they、mm-hmm. swear and do all this other stuff. But it really looks like sort of a kid style show, like the designs. Yeah, like、mm. it, I mean, it just looks like any other DC show almost.、Mm-hmm. Well, not any other, but like a lot of DC shows. You would almost be fooled. Like once you start、yeah. watching it, and you realize how adult it is. Like whoa!、Mm-hmm. And I like it's aimed more for like women audience also.、Mm-hmm. Which yeah, we need more of that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But I think you were right for a while. I think, as far as I could tell, a lot of the content that was made for teens, like、mm-hmm. when I guess we were growing up, like Teen Titans or、uh, Ben Ten or like those kinds of、yeah. things, those had reboots, but they were like Teen Titans Go or the newest Ben Ten, which like、mm-hmm. they aged them down, and they're definitely、yeah. like for a younger audience, or at least、mm-hmm. in my opinion, it, it seems that way, like、yeah. to appeal to a younger audience. So, yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I think do you like、right. silly shows like that, but I, I hope there will be more like a diverse market for everyone, not、mm-hmm. just like make everything very just only for kids or only for adults. And then、mm-hmm. the teens just we kind of like force them to watch a bunch of live action teen drama. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's also like one of the beauties about streaming is that like even though it's still classified as new media and it's not new anymore, <laughs> it allows. For so much things that cable couldn't do, and like they're able to take more opportunities, and then they're able to have a variety of stuff. So I think with streaming, we can see more and more stuff targeted towards like young adults, not、yeah. necessarily always for 
adults or kids. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Right. So one of the things that I also kind of want to get into is being from Taiwan and now mm-hmm. being in America and then like working in animation. How do you think your kind of cultural background influences like your voice as an artist and like, you know, your voice as a working professional here in the industry? It's always a hard question for me. Like, I think like culture influence is there, but it's not always like super obvious because if you've seen like my mm-hmm. Instagram or like portfolio, I don't re- mm-hmm. always draw like Night Market or Boba <laughs> <And, laughs> But But Taiwan is like a very culturally diverse place like we're pretty Hmm. open to stuff coming from outside like historically like we have uh what's the word colonizer coming in all the time and Mm. we have like chinese ancestor and growing up we have anime and hollywood stuff and korean Mm. drama so i think that made me really open to being influenced by anything coming from different Mm. places yeah and then Mm -hmm. as a board artist i kind of like absorb, use my experience on a lot of projects or comics I work on. And like, I think personal experience is a part of your culture. It's hard to just separate it and say like, oh, Mm. this is my life, but that has nothing to do with my culture. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's very, very well put. It doesn't always have to be superly over. And again, how we grow up, it's always kind of subconscious what, how it seeps into our our work. Mm -hmm. It totally makes sense how you were saying, because your culture as like living in Taiwan and, and being receptive to all those cultures kind of yeah. makes you, you know, like, yeah, absorb and receptive to, to these things in general. I never thought well, of it that way. I'm, I'm glad because mm-hmm. I, I don't really know what to say whenever there's like a interview question for like those training <laughs> programs. Like they always ask like, how does your culture influence you? So I'm like, oh, <gasps> do they expect me to say like very obviously culture stuff from Taiwan (laughs) but Mm. I don't really Mm -hmm. have that in my portfolio at least yet I love seeing people do that and I hopefully hopefully I'll be in projects like that one day but we're not Mm -hmm. just that we're like so many (laughs) other stuff Mm -hmm. no of course and again it's like it doesn't always have to be reflective in our our, like again just like our culture is like how we also carry just ourselves as individuals and how we treat others as well Mm mm-hmm can I ask a completely different question? Oh, yeah. Go for it. Can you tell me about your goat? Goat Sona? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a pretty simple answer. Like, it was for an uh, animation assignment. And we mm. for the semester, we always have to, like, design a character and like, do, like, animation assignment, like, practice for it. And then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I have to deal with the same character for the whole semester let me try to draw something more interesting i I just put down a bunch of weird shapes and that's that's (laughs) what i ended up with and not nothing back of it it's probably like heavily influenced by wonder over yonder because his head just looked like (laughs) sylvia (laughs) it's kind of droopy it's got like really good shapes oh thank you Mm -hmm. yeah I just thought it was funny because I was like, what's with this goat? Because it's your icon and then mm-hmm. it's in, in your portfolio a couple of times. And then you have like a realistic goat in a sweater also. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I was like, maybe maybe Ray just likes goats. <laughs> I do like goats. They're like weird. Like, you get their eye shape and all like the stuff they react to. They, they're almost like heads, but like less popular, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well... Before we get into our final question, 
Where can our audience find you? And is there anything else you want to promote? My social media handle is Ray H Anum, which spelled R A E H A N I M, and、mm. I guess I just post mostly on social and my portfolio. So if you follow me there, you you'll see me my like newest update of like comics or just some boards I did or just doodles.、Mm. If you like, oh, if if you like animals, you can probably. Follow it for a lot of furry stuff. <laughs> <laughs> They're really cute. They're really cute. Thank you.、Um, that's awesome. And then, as we kind of come to a close, is there any final advice you want to bestow on those that want to pursue a career in animation? Oh, I have. I kind of have two advice, but like the biggest one is count your small achievements because I know a lot of people、mm. have the goal to work in the big studios, which is. A good goal to have, but it's not like your only purpose as an artist. Because I used to、mm. think like that too. I was like, oh, I can only prove my value as an artist if I end up in a big company, and、mm. it's very,、mm-hmm. it's really bad for your mental health. Because like whenever you're not employed or you're just working on a small project, I'm like, oh, I'm not good enough.、Mm. But that's that's not totally true. If you Like you have, you kind of have to constantly remind yourself how far you go. Like, look at your old work. Like, look at how much you've improved. Look at how much you learn from everything around you already. Or if you're like, if you're a shy person, like, give yourself a pat on the back. Like, hey, like you talk to a artist, you made a friend. That's like actually a really big achievement. Like, count small、mm-hmm. stuff like that. It it helps a lot, at least for me. And then the other advice I'll say is just really study the work from shows or movies you want to work on, because like、mm. having a solid art scout is important. But most of the time, they're more focused on like seeing like, oh, is this person's style or like tone gonna match our show? And for me, I just copy a lot of boards. From professional artists, like if they post on Instagram or like YouTube, I'll just sometimes I just copy their drawing and see how they make the board work and how the show style is basically.、Mm. Mm-hmm. Of course, don't post it on like social. You, you did that. <laughs> yeah, don't trace your posts. Credit people if you post something like that. That's perfect advice. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Aww. No, it's super great. Yeah, yeah. And if you thought having two rays would be confusing, you were wrong. <laughs> if you thought having two rays on our show would be confusing, you yeah, might be right. <laughs> Quick special announcement before we start closing out the podcast: Yuki and I have been invited to host a panel for Geek Girl Conline. Virtual admission is absolutely free, so catch us live on their Twitch channel on Saturday, November thirteenth at six p.m. PST. We'll be hosting a roundtable discussion with superstars Lee Cree, Stephanie Rizzo, and Sami Khalaf, titled "Straight Ahead: My First Steps in the Animation Industry." So again, tune in on Saturday, November thirteenth at six p.m. PST to hear our unedited live voices and faces, and check out the rest of Geek Girl Con Line at GeekGirlCon.com. If you, our audience, enjoyed our interview with Ray today, please rate and follow us on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you tune in. We're officially on Apple Podcasts now, so please, please give us a review. I think that helps boost us in the、uh, algorithm. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at StraightAheadAP. If you have any suggestions for future guests, 
please contact us on social media or send us an email at strayheadpodcast.gmail.com. For Ray, this was a bucket list item for her to be on a podcast. So we made that happen. Great. It was it was good. We love discovering new professionals and want to use this platform to boost these voices of the future. Special thanks to our editor, Ashley at Leong. And finally, a big thanks to our music composer, Daniel Rodier. Thanks again for listening. And thank you once again to our guest, who has a bright future straight ahead. Yay. Until next week, have a wonderful day. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.